The reproduction of this content is not allowed without the express written consent of EBH Fitness LLC. Special recognition to a special man who has co-starred and guest appeared on this show. The fan, you may know him as the fan, but to me and to my co-host, Unc, we refer to him as either brother or dad. Colonel retired C. Victor Herbin Jr. was inducted into the North Carolina A&T State University ROTC Hall of Fame. And to this, I tell that man, I salute him. Congratulations on this lifetime achievement, being recognized for your exemplary leadership, not only while in uniform, but after you retired as the, the, uh, the head of the RTC uh, statewide of San Antonio, as well as your job as a leader, uh, as a congregational spiritual advisor for Mount Calvary Baptist Church of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you always have been my hero, and to be able to witness such a lifetime achievement was great. Uh, it was awesome. And to all who are there, thank you for your support. But give that man, the fan, uh, his props for what he's been able to do and how he's excelled uh, in his life achievements being inducted to the Hall of Fame. Well done, Dad. Love you, my brother. Rudy Rue, and be out. Victor Urban III, and I'm taking it to the house. And I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm taking it to the house. We want to welcome you all to another edition of our Taking It to the House show. Pull up a chair and grab your popcorn. Grab your favorite drink. Sit down with us and chop it up with us for a minute. My brother Vic, the hardest working man I know. The hardest working man I know. We need to slow down just a minute. We need to acknowledge what the Texas Rangers did. and We didn't do that our last show. World Series champions, bro. We just need to take a moment and acknowledge what they did, did for the city of Dallas, did the city, city the, the state of Texas. Uh, and, and, and the reason why I want to bring that up too is because we always, we try to do our best to acknowledge all champions here whether we're for them or against them, we acknowledge it. But the other thing I want to say, man, you know who was the MVP of the World Series? I, I dare say Corey Seager. You know who Corey Seager is? An ex-Dodger. Do you know he was the MVP when the Dodgers won it in the quote-unquote the COVID year? I'm mad about that, but I digress. I digress. Congratulations to you, Texas Rangers. Good props. Uh, I concur. Congratulations. At least the city of Dallas can get a championship because they've been banking on the Dallas Cowboys to bring it home. They need to go ahead and put that wish out the pasture because <laughs> the last couple of championships that happened in that state of Texas came from the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. 
How about them Cowboys? To be about how about them baseball teams? Because as you stated, to have Corey Seager come through, it's like, God, dog Dodgers, we win when we lose, and we lose when we win. So, I mean, I give props to him because he is an ex-Dodger, but then how do we let him slip out the cracks? Could you imagine him, Mookie, Freeman? I mean, dang, man. But congratulations again. Can't talk about what we could have had and what we should have had. Congratulations to them. And then congratulations to Bruce Bochy. This dude is a coach. I mean, he says himself the last year this time he was eating popcorn and peanuts and Cracker Jacks because he is enjoying the life of retirement. So to come back in one year, a team that was underperforming, that they had already put out the pasture to die, he takes them and becomes the best team in the world. Talk about a coach. And he's done that with three different teams. Yeah. Kudos to him and what he's been able to do to get the best out of the talent that he had. I mean, you talk about coaching. That's coaching, man. And and you speak on organizational leadership, which is your expertise, you know, to, to, to pull him out of retirement. Somebody had to recognize this guy still has it. To be able to coach stars up, you know, and let them play at their potential. It wasn't like there were, uh, uh, you know, rampant raping and pillaging and burning down towns as they were going through the season, you know, they were kind of mediocre, honestly, until they caught a little fire. So let's recognize, I don't know the ownership group up there in, in the Texas Rangers, uh, but to be able to find that diamond in the rough, being Bruce Bochy and, and to get him to come and then to bring and coach those players up, the ultimate goal, what is it? It is to win, win the last game, to win the World Series, and they did it. And, and again, kudos, congratulations to them. Bruh, we're going to change gears. Enough baseball. Baseball is a chapter close. I want to talk to you, and it may take the rest of the show to talk about the Ravens. I saw that, man. I saw that. And you want to, I'm not even a fan that you are, but I am pissed about it. I'm upset. I thought as much as I want to give credit to Lamar, and we're talking about their defenses, it's that it's that um, that defense of old, it's a defense of champions, and you get that defense will travel. You play a divisional rival, a game, another game that you should have won. You're up double digits, 20 points, you know, three scores. You're up, and you let it slip through your hands, a pick six at that, a ball that was tipped at the at the line, and then they run it back for six. What's going on, Ravens? I know you can't speak for the Ravens, but I'm asking them, what's going on, Ravens? Do not take these teams lightly. Come on. You need to stack up these wins, and you need to beat, especially in the division, got to win those games in the division. And I really don't fault uh, um, Lamar. I really don't, because... The Cleveland defense is for real. And you cannot take a playoff against them. And, and, and credit to Cleveland for not giving up, not quitting in the game when the game really insurmountable odds to us. But that's a professional. You don't quit. You don't stop. You keep playing until there's triple zeros on the clock. I just say, Ravens, 
you didn't stick the knife in, you didn't twist it, you didn't step on the neck, all the analogies you want to, examples you want to use, they didn't do it and they didn't finish the job. Finish them. I toss it to you, sir. There is a report and there is a banner during the game. They said 17 points was the most points scored in a quarter since 2019. To only know from the next three quarters, you'd only score a combined 14 points and end the game with 31 points. Man. But I also go back to, are we reading our press clippings? And I don't want to be a hot take reaction out of one game, but we do know there's three losses that the Ravens have sustained. All three were winnable. I don't like thinking about what we could have been because we should be. So that shows right there. We easily could be an undefeated team, Detroit, Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Cleveland Browns. So we lost two games in the division. We won two games in the division. What upsets me, you, I can account for Lamar having one interception because you are playing the Cleveland Browns. But what's normally customary against any division rival in the AFC North is that that score normally is underneath the, the score of 20 points. So it can be 12 to 13 or 10 to 7, something brutal because the defense are getting at it. And so while the defense of the Cleveland Browns showed up and did put some pressure on Lamar, he still showed out because he put 31 points on them. Likewise, Deshaun Watson and, and team, Kareem Hunt, they outmuscled the team. So was it really a defensive struggle or more of an offensive battle? But considering that, I go back to what Ray Lewis said years ago. Let's give us 17 points. We got you. Man, Lamar and Corder and company gave them 31 points. And they, even though they only scored those two extra touchdowns from the first quarter, I put 31 points up on a team that many are saying has the best defense in the league. How do you lose the game? Right. He entered the fourth quarter up by two touchdowns. Man, there's no way. I, I If I do want to fault something, I could either fault where we passing too much in the fourth quarter when we have a sustained run game, or were we taking the team for granted and not using that killer instinct. You had Deshaun Watson limping around on one leg. Then you had the backup quarterback. Or, or you know, we were in there. So how did we give up those two touchdowns? At that right there, the defense should feel that. Because that all year I've been very hard on Lamar. I can't be so hard on him this time because I scored 31 points defense against one of the best defenses in the league. Are you telling me I have to score, you know, or do I have to go to USC and score 50 points? Is it now oh, just a battle to outscore the other team? So I, I, for the first time this season, I am upset that the defense didn't show up. I don't know what else he was supposed to do. You cannot control a batted ball at the line. That's a defensive play. Right. But you can control how the defense allowed the Cleveland Browns to get back in the game. They simply outmuscled them in the fourth quarter. There is a play with Kareem Hunt or the running back ran, and he may only scored uh, had a game five yards. The Cleveland Browns and team got behind him, pushed him, and he got a first down plus two or three yards. It was magical. There I'm talking about this passes up the tush push. I mean, just out muscle. I'm watching Kareem Hunt come out off of a 
off-tackle running play and runs over Pierce and Patrick McQueen. Patrick Queen. I mean, so it basically said, hey, you want this win, you got to come take it from us. And you may be in first place, Ravens, but we're right behind you. We're not scared of you. And for that to be the second time they played this season, uh, we ah, they took it. And the other point you missed, um, it was in, it was held, the game was in Baltimore. The energy was live. The team put up the points. The Odell gets in the mix. I mean, we had all the weapons on display, and that was a lapse of that defensive judgment, similar to what the challenges we had with defense last year. So it really, it really bites hard this time because even they highlighted the defense and all these great defensive coordinators that the Ravens had over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And so they are highlighting so much of the defense only for the defense to fail to show up. Uh, defense got to wear that loss. You know, they'll, they'll look at Lamar, they'll look at some stats and the, the, the interceptions, and he'll have to carry it as the quarterback. But defense, that's your loss, man. They lost that game. We, and let's please, let's give credit to Cleveland because um, you're talking about muscling. It was like they just refused to die. They just refused to give in and consent. Uh, it's a division rival. And you're right. It, it, it should be dirty noses and bloody elbows and, 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 and you know, uh, mud and grass in the face mask. It should be one of those days, you know, where it's a tide-like day. But play calling could be called into question. When you when they miss that, miss that extra points, extra point, all we really all all the Ravens really had to do was just eat clock. So how do you eat clock? How do you take the air out of the ball? You got to be able to run. You have a sustainable running game. But then Cleveland showed up. They really showed up. But he kept dropping back the pass, and they're sacking him still. I'm like, okay, maybe it is a play calling. Maybe it's an OC just trying to be too cute. Bro, you need to remember what division you're in. You need to remember, remember what time of the year it is. It is November. It's a little chilly. I don't care if the sun is out in D.C. I don't care. It's a little chilly out, and it's still... Everybody's still new to this. You are new. They're, when I say new to this, it's new to the play calling, new to the situation with you at the helm. I'm talking about you, OC. So stop the madness. The game is a really simple game. Run until they stop the run. Okay? Take the air out of the ball. Don't give them any chance. But like you said, the defense got to wear this because when you do turn the ball over, a one-legged quarterback is eating up yards, getting me some scramble. Where you at, defense? Come on. You hang your hat on defense, Baltimore. So, play calling you brought up and the defense, yes, they need to wear this. And I would imagine this week, in film, this week, there's a whole lot of cussing going on in the Raven whole department. I'm talking about from the ownership down to the custodian staff. Somebody need to be upset. Somebody need to be pissed. So, yeah, Ravens, you let a lot of fans down, you let yourselves down. Stop it. Live and in concert, Jeffrey Smith. 
Billboard Magazine's number one smooth jazz guitarist, Jeffrey Smith will be bringing his smooth jazz hit music to the New Year's Eve party like never before. It's all happening at the Skyline Entertainment Center, 4201 Skyline Avenue, El Paso, Texas, December 31st. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 9 p.m. sharp. Bubbling champagne. Dinner. Great DJ music. Dynamic dance floor with good people like you and more to bring in 2024. Please don't miss out. To get your tickets for this grand affair, dial 915-241-6457. That's 915-241-6457. Or go to SkylineEntertainmentCenter.com. That's SkylineEntertainmentCenter.com. Check out the main event flyer for more contact information. Tickets are also available on Eventbrite. Jeffrey Smith, live, in concert, New Year's Eve party, Skyline Entertainment Center, El Paso, Texas, experience Jeffrey Smith. And guess who's coming to town? Uh Uh-oh. A new Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is not the same team we watched. You and I saw in Cleveland the second week of the season. They're feeling it. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. 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 They're feeling it. And so to come now to your Baltimore city and their intent to take your heart out. Not only that, it's a short week. You're coming off a loss. It's a night game. Which Baltimore team shows up? Sometimes it's not all about you know, how they lost is how they recover after loss. Because short week, prime time, people are talking about this can be the team to beat. This can be the number one team in the AFC. So you took an L, you took a shot on the chin. How do you show up? This is this is where it really gets busy. Defense, did you learn your lesson? Can you reapply in right. five days? When Joey Burrow is coming at the, the gunning, Jamar Chase is ready to do what he had to do. You and I watched that game in Cincinnati. Yeah. And that was a raw Ravens team. They had not been battle-tested in the sense Lamar's still learning his offense. What kind of weapons does he have? I'm very convinced now. He understands the power of Zay Flowers. Odell's gotten loose. Rashad Bateman. Mark Andrews. You know it's a big, successful season when even Mark Andrews Andrews does not seem like he's getting that much touches. So... There's a lot of momentum happening. There could Defense be. cannot be the weak link. Yeah, Defense cannot be. be the weak. That could be the game of the week. That could be the game of the week. Because Cincinnati's just coming off a home loss also. A come-from-behind game from, from Houston. So they might be a little bit angry, but they're on the road. How will the Ravens take advantage of the home field advantage? It is a short week, but it's a short week for uh, another team that's coming in, and they lost as well. So I expect a grudge match, a battle again. Division rival, it's going to be a bloodbath. That's what I expect. But the other game of the week that we need to focus on is going to be Philadelphia and the Kansas City Chiefs. That 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 uh, that championship rematch again. That is going to be neat. But I know I, that's a little sidebar. But keep, continue on, sir. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes, I did. No, no. But anyway. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, this is the game of the week, those two games of the week, but what a way to start 
off this next football week because the way they tried to end it with these primetime games is a hot mess. I don't know what uh, New York was thinking about, but I don't even want to watch the Monday night game. Talk about Buffalo versus Denver. It's not John Elway versus Jim Kelly. Who the (laughs) hell wants to watch this game? So that right there already lost my uh, my attention. Any other games of the weekend? Anything else in this past weekend catch your attention out of the NFL before we transition into the your, your USC Trojans, man? Man. Um, I say your. I can't do that to you, man, because I can't leave, leave you out there butt naked. I, I'm with you, bro. I appreciate that. One game I thought was pretty exciting this last week was Detroit and San Diego. Look, mm. that, was that, that was a gun game. I don't think the quarterback – I don't think the um, the coach for San Diego – or excuse me, Los Angeles will return. I think he's played his time. I short think leash. His, his, yeah, I think short leash. Uh, will he make it to the end of the year? Uh, Detroit definitely not that team you want to mess with. Um, but what an exciting game it was! Back yeah. and forth, great, yeah. great scoring, great defense. But I believe Detroit is a real deal. Uh, so I think that was one of my exciting games of the week. Uh, which set? Uh, which Los Angeles team would show up? But uh, at the end of the day, the best team won. The best coached team won as well in the Detroit Lions. Uh, what games did you see this weekend that, well, that hit you up? I'm going to stay with that because uh, I'm hearing a lot of sports talk, man. And the coach for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, he is a defensive-minded coach. And yet you can't stop a nosebleed. You really can't. You got Nick Bosa. You got Matt Khalil Mack over there. Come on, man. Darren James in the, in the backfield. Come on, man. How are you giving up the draws like that? And he's not even respecting you and calling you in the morning. You're just a hoe as a defense. Y'all need to get it together. But no, when you can't, your side of the ball as a head coach, if they don't have your personality, if they can't do who you are, be who you are, then you shouldn't be where you are. And yes, uh, Staley, you'll probably be gone. I I don't advocate for anybody losing their job, but this is a win-loss league. And people, uh, I don't want to say live and die because that's too strong of a a message, but it's career-changing when you win and lose in this business. It's career-changing for a lot of people. And maybe you're just not a Uh, maybe you're just not a head coach. Maybe you're a great uh, defense coordinator. You're out of your element. You're over your skis, and uh, you need to drop down a weight class. That's all. That's all. And and it only works when your philosophy works. When your philosophy starts falling off because you like to go forward and forward down and using the analytics and metrics and things of that nature and not just the common sense of let's punt, let's go ahead, and it's backfiring on you, and they, I forget how many games they lost by less than one score or by a field goal or less, but it's happening. So then that causes management or anyone to relook the game and find out why did they go fourth and fourth down. Could they stop this? And look at all the different time of possession as well as uh, uh, possession and placement of the field because you're not changing field position. Yeah. You know, you go for a fourth down and you miss it. How yeah. successful has he been? So they talk yeah. about the analytics on fourth down overall as a league. But what's his success rate? 
when right. faced fourth down. Let's use that and understand, hey, what you're doing, dude, is not working. It sounded all novel a few years ago, but what are you doing with it when you have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, one of the best quarterback and receiver tandem because he has Keenan Allen. And mm. to your point, he has a loaded defense. Yeah. So are you saying defense, I trust y'all enough to go ahead and stop this? Or am I saying offense, I don't trust you enough? Or defense, I don't trust you enough, that's why we're going to go for it on fourth down. I, I his, his philosophy for this particular team is yeah. not successful. So you asked a couple of the games that may have caught my interest. Um, I'll mention three uh, entities in particular. The Frankfurt game, when you got New England over there and you got uh, Indianapolis over there to represent this country for globalization, that's a bad marketing scheme. Bruh, terrible, terrible. You need to look at that as an NFL New York. You need to rethink who you send in a abroad to represent the NFL, please. But not uh, interested in the gameplay as much as I am interested in the position play. And I'm talking about quarterbacks. Dobbs and CJ Stroud. Bruh. So last week, a week ago, you're thinking, okay, it's a angel dust. It, it's, it's, it's magic dust. It's happy. It's new. And wow, they come from behind. And the question has to be, is it sustainable? Can you do it again? And they both said, yeah, I can do it again. Dobbs says, yeah, I didn't run the plays. I wasn't in practice. I didn't run with four first teams. Me and you, coach, we just go draw it up in the dirt. You know what? I'm going to play with my heart. I'm going to play and do what, what makes sense. When you drop back, you pass the ball to who's open. And when they're not open, you scuttle and run. And it was successful. You go, you're beating New Orleans, who has an established quarterback, an established system, and you beat up on New Orleans. Well, Dodge really has, I don't even think he knows the name of the center. He just gets under there. It feels like a center. I feel I feel ass hike. Okay. He don't know him yet, but I bet they know I bet they know who Dobbs is now. The state of Minneapolis, Minnesota knows who Dobbs is. Minneapolis knows who Dobbs is because he's given them hope. When you lose your starting quarterback, you lose the backup to the starting quarterback, and, and he's really off the bus. This gets off the ground. He's still got luggage. Samsonite in either hand, and he and he wins two games. So kudos to, to Dobbs. Will he be able to do it this, this week? I, I don't know, but it's a magical story, and I just love seeing success. And then C.J. Stroud. He goes to Cincinnati. He goes to Cincinnati and he does again what he's supposed to do a week ago. He, how many touchdowns? How many yards? He's doing this as a rookie. Wow. Okay, cool. Flash in the pan, everybody says. Follows it up on the road. I said in Cincinnati, you're supposed to lose this game. Why? Because we got a rookie quarterback. You're supposed to lose this game. Why? Because you got a, a rookie coach. But they don't know any better. So they're coming up in here and they said, you know, I've been playing this game since I've been three years old and nothing's changed. The one who scores the most, who usually executes the best, wins the game. And that's what they did. 
and he had to come from behind to do that. Let's talk about the kicker. The kicker is not even their kicker to start of the year. So last week, they won with a kicker who wasn't a kicker. He was a field position player. This week is somebody that they just got off the heat, the same Greyhound bus that Dobbs got off of. He got off of, and they win in Cincinnati. I'm just marveling at the quarterback play, brother, of those two players in particular. And you got to have a quarterback. You got to mention Brock Purdy, San Francisco. Those three games that they lost, they were just three games they lost. Debo comes back. Trent Williams comes back as their as their uh, starting uh, uh, lineman, and they get back to what they do and beat up on uh, uh, who is that? Uh, the Jaguars on the road. So. Those are the things that I wanted to highlight from the NFL. I took a little while, but bro, I was excited just mentioning those three because what they're doing to me as a fan, love it, brother. I toss it back to you, sir. If Josh Dobbs and CJ Stroud had on their playlist right now, it probably had that song, giving you the best that I got, baby. <laughs> Them jokers, because I got to imagine that C.J. Stroud is like, the league thought they could punk me. I wasn't considered to be the number one draft pick. So you're going to send your boy, Bryce Young, to Carolina. And look how that's working out for him. Rookie coach. Not even rookie coach. Didn't first time coach of that team. But that's a quarterback known coach, Frank Wright. Right. And they can't get the ship together. Yeah. But then you go down there, number two pick, C.J. Stroud says, again, I am him. And not 100, not 200, but 350 plus this joker done put on people two times, <laughs> back to back. If this was Sesame Street, the number of the week is 300 plus. <laughs> That's what he's done. He is single-handedly writing his name in the record book for what rookie quarterbacks can do. I don't remember hearing as much hype about him coming out of college, right. let alone what they expected him to do when he got into the league, whether it's from the NCAA side or even the NFL side. No one expected this. So to watch what he's doing in Houston, to already be in a position since Jacksonville lost in that AFC South, to put them in a position that they could be a playoff team. Mm. You know, we're looking at what teams are weak now. Indiana suspect. Tennessee is having challenges. They've already made a quarterback change. But Houston, as you stated, they don't know no better. Oh, we're supposed to be rebuilding? Oh, we're not supposed to perform this well? I don't even know who else they got on the team. I just know C.J. Stroud is showing himself to be a leader, a game changer. I don't know who his number one receiver is. They don't have anybody named D, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Andre right. Robinson and all these cats they had, J.J. Watt on the team. I don't know who they got on the team, but I do know they got C.J. Stroud. So that's miraculous. Then, as you stated, Josh Dobbs. My last time I remember even hearing his name other than this last two weeks was when he played at Tennessee. And the excitement of knowing his background as an aerospace engineer or aeronautical or astrophysicist, something cerebral. And so wondering why he did not get those chances. They said he'd been on five teams this year. I just know of two, Arizona and now Minnesota. 
So the and this is week nine. So what teams was he on? And then what happened where he didn't get that opportunity? And so you see teams like the Jets who are struggling now without having Aaron Rodgers and wondering what Zach Wilson's doing. But right. to see Josh Dobbs recover, really get rewarded for his play in Arizona, which is a team that was looking for the uh, looking for the lottery, he gets rewarded and comes to almost a playoff-bound team, a very disciplined team, well-stacked team in Minnesota. And what will he do with this? Oh, my goodness. He got the game ball two times in a row. Not taking away from Kirk Cousins because he was producing. There's also no other quarterback. And word was on the street that he was either going to be traded during the season right. or wondering what they'll do in a free agency, but that they may not bring him back. Man, Josh Dobbs can be the 2023 version of Trent Green and Kurt Warner because Josh knows he's playing with house money. Whether he takes the team to the playoffs or not, he showed I was able to be flexible in two different systems. In the midseason, I went being a backup in Arizona to being a backup slash starter in Minnesota and look what my results are. Yep. Give the man the damn ball using Keyshawn Johnson's phrases. So the question is, what happens in the offseason? Has Josh Dobbs done enough to say, I'm here and give me a chance to be a starter? Well said. Well said. Bruh. USC. I, I I just I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Oregon. I'm not even talking about Oregon. I just want to talk about USC. Um started out on fire. Uh, had potential. I b- believe. I believed in them. I believed in Lincoln Riley. I believe in Caleb. I believe in the potential. But I just want to see more fight. That's all. And I, I don't want you, you don't, I don't expect to be undefeated in any organization or any league. I don't expect that. What I do expect is to see a fight. Um, and the best way to get a bully, uh, a, a bully's attention is you got to hit back. Well, we have no hit back. We have no slap back. USC has no slap. USC is very passive. And everybody that rated them, including myself, and believed the hype when they were rated so high in the polls, in the national polls, and recognized so, so much, I'm trying to figure out, Tim, what did you see? Did I, or did I just believe in my heart and not my head didn't see it was i i'm not analyzing it seeing these things and yet this is really not new that they don't have a defense this is really not new but this year it seems to be worse and you would think in in lincoln riley's uh second year all things that were bad or negative you would make some improvement on the offense didn't need more improvement. You would expect improvement on defense. So you got NIL money out there. You got transfer portal, portal. you got the portal. You got the, the resources and ability, and it is still USC. You got the brand. So why aren't we fixing the defense? So I just mentioned year one, we were already bad on defense, but it didn't seem to be this bad. Year two, it's worse. Will there be a year three? And I give it to you. 
I think there'll be a year three only because of the name of Lincoln Riley and what he was able to do and in Oklahoma. And his first year, he did produce a Heisman winner. So I think that bottom of the year, at least. Uh, I believe also that firing the defensive coordinator was the intention to Lincoln to say, okay, right this ship. We already know. You got three losses. Now you got four losses. The chances of going to the playoffs is done. So now what do I have? Is he trying out new defensive coordinators or have they all melted in? Last year, when they lost that last game of the season, you would think that they would show up for the bowl, the bowl game against Tulane and play ball. They lost. So to me, it seems like it's a team that's not as mentally sharp as they like to be. They're only good when they're winning, and when they're not, they're not. And so that's something where I hope this next in the offseason, Lincoln realizing what is my really true philosophy? Is it to outscore another team or is it outscore uh, or, or is it my defense that can allow? Just like we talked about the Ravens earlier. How many points should USC have to put up to say we're right. comfortable that we should win this game? The games they lost this year is what shoots us in the foot. Because when you play a team like Oregon and Washington, and you can say maybe these are my two losses, you still got a Utah. Right. When you lose against these other cats, right? It, they easily can almost go five hundred. They still got UCLA to play, and I, it it's not. It's already a doomed season. Yeah. Uh, this is not what anyone expected, and and those the boosters. Are for sure laying heavy on Lincoln Riley right now. Yeah. Well, you made a um, a poignant point last week when uh, you were talking about Helton uh, had the same record and then he was let go. I was like, okay, well, uh, that's his name, correct? The previous coach, Helton. So Helton, yeah. Yeah. So what? I I just don't know. Uh, I'm I'm not a booster. I'm not alumni. I'm just a, a fan. And I expect more. I know John McKay, John Robinson, is they're rolling over in their graves right now. Tuiasa Sopo, we're talking about Ronnie Lott. We're talking about uh, Charles White. We're talking about Ricky Bell. We're talking about Sweet Wright, O.J. Simpson even, uh, student body right, student body left. I will tell you about the days when we could not be stopped. And now we got cute. We done with Hollywood. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. Get back to the fundamentals, okay? Please. On that note, um, I love it. Give them the business. Because <laughs> you they just wasted my time. They wasted <laughs> Caleb's time. Yeah. And so now, like you said, man, clock is on. Lincoln, what do you have cooking up? Yeah. This season's over. Next year, you need to be cooking with Crisco. Yes. Well, bro, I had fun with you, like I always do. And for you that are out there watching us, regardless of the device that you're on, regardless of the time zone that you're on, thank you for just tuning in. My last word that I want to just offer to you, it is flu season. Please, please, please. And hygiene still matters. If you're sick, if you're sick stay home. And COVID is still out. RSV is coming up. And if you combine all those, it's really like the perfect storm. Please, please, just look out 
for your neighbor, your household, our children, and especially the elderly, those who have compromised immune systems, look out for them. I'm Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I'm out. To my D9 fams, in particularly the men of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, the end of this week, November 17, 1911, we celebrate our Founders Day. And to the men of this great fraternity, I say, ah, ah. enjoy <laughs> it, bros. Be out, have fun, be that purpose as we have always done, manhood, scholarship, perseverance, uplift. Friendship is always, is always essential to the soul. Continue doing your service. I look forward to partaking and taking to the houses out. Tell the Mega Man, happy Founders Day, y'all. Check us out on all our social media sites. Take care. See you all next week.